Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Go back to the show. Does Pit Pass, Scott Casper, Tony Wink, uh, PJ Duran, Roman Avila in the studio. Uh, Tommy Boy Howerson and Chris Bishop contributing to the program. Uh, Jack and Leanne DeLeon are producing our radio and internet version of the show. We appreciate you listening, folks, wherever you do. Now you can make sure you listen all the time on the iHeart app. All right, our next guest, old buddy of ours, uh, six years, seven years, I think it was, with Team Honda, a superbike champ, winner of the AMA Motocross National Supercross Road Race Events, uh, 19, what was it, 82 AMA Pro Athlete of the Year, and I think most importantly, um, he found a greater calling as he pioneered Christian ministry for pros. He joins us now. Does the great Steve Wise. Steve, welcome back. How are you? Great to be with you guys. You sound like you're dating me there, Scott. <laughs> Not literally dating you, uh, but yeah, I, you I, I, I will. <laughs> okay, here we I, go. I do want to, um, and I'm, I'm glad you and I talked earlier today. Uh, because uh, a, a guy that you literally looked up to, um, a guy that mentored you through style and class, speed and agility, on the track and off, uh, has uh, has died suddenly at 55 years old. Well, it was actually his big brother. Um, Sylvan Gabor's was Eric Gabor's, his uh, older brother, older fairly brother. old, about 15 years older. And uh, yeah, we tragically lost Eric Gabor's, a great uh, champion, in the motor motocross world in Europe, um, he uh, strangely enough, Eric had a, a pretty incredible life. I mean, he was a five-time world champion. He's the only rider that ever won all three of the different uh, the triple crown. He won a 125 world championship, a 250 world championship, and a 500 world championship. He uh, was he won the Moto uh, GP, the 500 Moto GP in California, his last year of racing in Glen Helen. And anyway, and, and then he also had a incredible car crash in his Ferrari like at 155 miles an hour mm. and crawled away from it before it exploded. And then Sunday, he was uh, apparently out fishing or uh, in a boat and his dog jumped out in the cool water in Belgium and uh, he jumped in to save his dog and he never came back out of the water. It's kind have, of strange. Have they found uh, Eric's uh, body? Yes, I read yeah. today that they uh, dredged the lake. They dredged it for a day. They couldn't find it, and then they found it, uh, I think, late yesterday. And this took place in Belgium. Yes, he was 55 years old. And, you know, it's just that's so kind of the way how uh, strange how life goes sometimes. And uh, we're very saddened to hear that news. And, uh, of course, I did a Facebook post and get my condolences for the family. Sylvan Gabors was Eric's older brother. Older brother. And uh, he uh, rode for Team Suzuki. In the very beginning of like motocross, when it was starting to come to America with Roger DeCoster and Joel Robert and Aki Anson on the Makos. And, but I never forget my father took me. My dad was an incredible motorcycle fan and he was, he would always take me to races and stuff when I was a little bitty, little bitty guy. And uh, my father took me to Conroe, Texas to what they called at the time, they called the Trans Am, where it'd be the, the international riders would come over to America. Race against the American riders, and uh, of course, John DeSoto and Brad Lackey were the the guys in the race back then, and they could barely even break the top ten. 
But Silva Gabor's, I'll never forget. I was about 13 years old, and I, I would never leave this place in the track because <laughs> it was kind of a jump and turn. They turned around this tree, and the Europeans were the only ones that were doing it like that. And I was mesmerized how in the air he leaned the bike over sideways and turned the bike in the air. And, and uh, so Silva Gabor's became my hero. And then uh, his daughter, actually, Iana Gabor's, is on my Facebook feed, and, and I read some stuff, I posted stuff on her facebook last night so it's a very tragic uh, thing in the motorcycle world because eric was not only a great rider he was a great guy he's a really fun loving guy happy guy a really uh, great with the fans he uh always signed autographs and he wasn't you know too much to talk to uh, i have a good friend of mine michael james michael told me that uh, he was in unadilla and he went over and saw eric he could see him about 30 feet away from him in the pits and he kept staring at Eric, and then Eric came over came over to him. And Michael told me how thrilled he was that Eric was so humble and kind hearted and uh, a great ambassador of the sport. So it's it's a tragedy, but uh, things things happen in life that are unexpected at times. You know, I, was, I remember reading a story by uh, uh, Jody Weasel, as I like to call him, uh, from Motocross <laughs> Action. <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, I know Jody very well. Yep, yeah, uh, but he was talking about there can only be one greater. V- greatest rider of all time which we call obviously we call ricky carmichael the goat but um you know there's everts and and there's the fellows that you're talking about um and and de costa i mean there's a lot of them that uh really um are are, are i i think we're just as as influential in um joe robert you talked about him torsten hallman i mean all i know these are old dudes but they, I think that they were just as important to motocross as Ricky Carmichael or any of them are, and, and, it's, well, and especially well, maybe even more I, so because I, I, yeah. of the equipment that they were running. Well, and I, and I don't think had those guys are are who started it. I mean, if if Torson, some of those guys don't come, and you know, DeCoster brings people. If those guys don't show up, we don't probably have what we have now today, for sure. So yep. I, I, they're giants in my book. Well, I mean, Steve Stackable is going to be a giant in your book, Steve. Who, mine? Yeah, I mean, he's the one that recommended you to Kawasaki, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, Stackable and I are great friends. Yeah. Um, well, we raced, we raced uh, very seriously together. Steve and I had some great races. Uh, he was just a one or two years ahead of me, and but then I came in and we. Steve, uh, he retired earlier than I did, but Steve was a a great rider. No. Um, Howerton, Stackable, we were we were the Texas trio, so to speak. Um, there was one other Texas rider, Wyman Pretty, back in the day. But you guys are exactly right. Without Torsten Hallman and and Joe Robert and uh, Dave Bickers and and Sylvan Gabor's, I mean that's what began the foundation of motocross. And you had um, the name slips me of the man that brought everybody over here, Edison Die. Hmm. Edison Die was the man that brought everybody over uh, to form the Trans Am International. Uh, racing and he brought Husqvarna over to America. Of course, Husqvarna. Think about that. Husqvarna was one of the first European bikes in America, and they then they they won their first championship this year with uh, with in the Supercross uh, with uh, the young rider. Uh, what's his name? Jason Anderson. <laughs> the Jason Jason Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what's his yeah, name? I don't remember the younger guys. I know I know all the older guys. I got to ask you a question. In 1979, New Orleans Supercross was held on your birthday. 
uh, before the race, the 40,000-plus fans in the Superdome got together and sang happy birthday to you. What was it like having 40,000 people singing uh, for you prior to that race? It it was very strange in the beginning, and uh, uh, I kind of had my head down uh, against the Odyssey, (laughs) and one of the Honda PR people came over, and they said, get up there and start waving to the crowd. It was very embarrassing, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but then I waved to the crowd. It was, it was awesome. I have to say I had a, you know, every, every one of us maybe wish we could have done a few things differently, but I had a great career. And, and that was a, a wonderful experience in my life. And my father was there in the, in the crowd. Gary. And, and so it was really, really neat. Yeah. Gary, Gary Wise. Uh, now, didn't you, I think you won that race. I mean, you edged out Jimmy Weiner, right? In the main event. I did. Yeah. Ironically, I won that night. Yeah, and I only won. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a great race. Yeah, it sure was. Let's go to Tony Wake. Tony, I was just curious. You're talking about a bunch of old guys, and and uh, I'm really fond of the '90s. I mean, that was the, the I, I, in my opinion, motocross was never as cool, and never will be as cool as it was in the '90s. And guys like. You know, Bradshaw and, and Emick and, and uh, even Stanton, as dry as he was, and, and McGrath, of course, um, and O'Mara and, and uh, John Michelle Bale when he came over. Are you a big fan of those years? I mean, did you did, were you involved? Did you follow it during Doug Henry, all those, all those times? Well, strangely enough, and Scott alluded to it at the very beginning of our conversation before we diverted a little bit, I uh, – I started the ministry to the motorcycle racing world, the pro world, right. in 1995. And uh, the ministry that is ongoing now, uh, Steve Hudson retired two years ago, and the ministry that's ongoing now with the motorcycle, uh, the chaplain situations, uh, I, I started that in 1995. So, yes, I was very familiar with all that uh, racing. And I've, I've continually watched it. I watch uh, the races on TV, and you know, we have friends. I have friends. Uh, that we watch and I go to the races in Texas and then I always enjoy it. But, uh, really starting the ministry in 1995 was a real big, uh, uh, crown of my cap as well. I feel that's really most important to me. So yes, I am familiar with all that. We're talking with our friend, Steve wise, um, and, and most notably about the passing of multi-time FIM motocross world champ and all time. Great. Eric Cabors, uh, 55 years old, went missing in a boating mishap, uh, in Belgium. Uh, went in the water to save his dog, and uh, I'd really see he, they are man's best friend. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you folks out there that remember Eric and are, are mourning his death, Steve, it's okay to mourn a death, right? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, the Bible talks about when the son of David died, his, his son, that he had a son, and the, the son was very sick, and he mourned for three days. And you know what? Then you know what David did? No. He, he didn't eat food. And he mourned for three days. He fasted for three days, didn't eat food, couldn't eat food. And after the third day, he got up and he said, you know what? I will see him again. And he said, let's go on with life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, grieving is really a tough thing for us all. And though though it's it, it happens and it's needful for a time, we've got to get over it and move on and live a life to receive the fullness that we can have. And so that's a great question, Scott. And uh, I would encourage anyone out there that you, if you're mourning, because we all go through challenges in life. And things happen and life isn't perfect all of us find that out but uh in the bible also also says there's a time to mourn and there's a time to laugh so uh we mourn for a while but then we get up and dust ourselves off and go on well three days doesn't seem like a whole lot of time even for david 
You know what? You're exactly <laughs> right. But, you know, no, really. But mourning too much is very, very hard on the soul. Yeah, it's very unhealthy. We, mm-hmm. we get stuck in that and always remembering the past. And if we, all of us, any one of us, if we start remembering our, our past, whether they're, you know, a loved one dying or, so, or our failures, we, we cannot live in the past. We have to live in the, in the, you know, the future. Like my dad used to always tell me when I'd race, and he would always tell me, my dad, don't look back, don't look back, because in my early career, <laughs> I was bad about looking back. And it's really the same way in life. If we look back too much, uh, it's not gonna, we're not going to be led in the right direction. Did you see at the Supercross this weekend on the start, somebody like in the two, I think it was a 250 or maybe it was an 450 LCQ. They turned around and looked back in the first turn. Whoever got the whole, did you see that? Didn't, didn't I, see no, it. I, I think I must have missed Are that part. Are you watching this year's edition? Or? <laughs> no, I, and I didn't mean to jump, but I just it just made me think of that. I was, oh, I'm gonna have to look and and watch that again and see who it was. But I just noticed it on TV. They even they even talked about it to Ralph Shaheen and Jeff Emick. They were they were like, well, that's kind of weird. All right, so your dad opened up a motorcycle shop after he bought you that uh, that ninety, right? Yes, sir. And he a was years he, after. Yeah, he, he was a real estate broker. You've kind of followed sure in your dad's uh, your dad's footstep, with the exception of the ministry. Is there a chance that we might see uh, another Gary Wise open up a Honda dealership? Well, no, that's that's pretty much over. And I mean, my dad opened up the shop many years ago, and uh, and I was in real estate for a time, but really now I've uh, dedicated my life to full time ministry and just sharing my story how my life was so changed by. Uh, Whenever I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life, and He filled me with His love and His peace and His joy like I'd never known, you know, I'm thankful to the for the races that I won and and for the championships and so forth. And but I will tell you guys, the greatest thing that ever happened to me was when I I asked the good Lord to to come into my life and to just dedicate myself to Him. So, you know, it's not like we're perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes in life and messed up a lot, but God's goodness is is new every morning and His mercy is there for every one of us. So. That's really what I want to tell people mostly okay. uh, about life. It's funny. I'm looking now. I look in the mirror. You know, my my uh, beard is gray. My hair is turning gray. And I'm thinking, here we're going to talk about motorcycles. You know, back when we were young and everything. But it's it's funny how we just move on through life. And uh, but God is good. That's really what my message to everybody. And He was good to Eric in the years he shared him with us. 55 of them, and it's always good to share time with you too, Steve. I appreciate the call, and uh, surely we do appreciate you uh, jumping on the show uh, with us uh, today to to you know pay some tribute to your friend and uh, somebody you looked up to. I, I do appreciate that. That is, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy, uh, but you seem to uh, have developed an, a, a wonderful ability to share the word. We are up against the time. On the clock, and Steve Wise will do it again one more time. I'm 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 pretty confident it'll be sooner than later. Thank you, Scott. Enjoyed it. All right. Now, do you have a website where people people can find you online, or is it Facebook or what? SteveWise.com or Facebook Steve Wise Seven on Facebook or SteveWise.com is my website. If anybody would like for me to come share at their event, their track, or whatever, contact me and we'll try to work it out. Steve Wise, one of my heroes, AMA Hall of Famer as well. Thanks, Steve. All right, uh, fellas, uh, we had two two items uh, of, of of noteworthy. Jason Anderson was able to close it up, uh, wrapped up the season, right? And uh, who took second? Marvin Muskin. Marvin Muskin, who took third? Mr. Tomek. Wow. 
Good season for Brayton. He he actually yeah. he had a twelfth, which dropped him down. Baggett yeah. ended up yeah. beating. Baggett had a great night though, man. He was he, he was riding really well. He was well. on the, fire. The last the last three three or four races, he's you know podium. And you know what? I think the Vegas track was good this year. I'm usually not What's a big Brayton fan. In fourth, uh, tied you know, for fourth? he was tied for fourth. Yeah. He dropped down to fifth, but still, I mean, that's a top five best year. Well, believe it or not, great season for Brayton. Brayton will not be on an hour number two for this particular episode of the show, <laughs> but he is coming to Winterset, Iowa. For the Justin Brayton shootout, Tony, give him the dates. You bet. May 19 and 20, Riverside Raceway, just south of Winterset on Highway 169. It's 10 bucks to get in. We hope to see you. Damon Bradshaw. Denny Damon St- Bradshaw. Cooper Webb, possibly. Denny Stevenson. It's growing. Ricky Carmichael. There are going to be some big names. He <laughs> nice. wants you to be there. Chad Pedersen will be Ricky. there as well. Do me a favor. Join us for hour number two of the big program. Jack, stop doing this with your hand. I can see the clock. We'll be back. It's Pit Pass. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 